I'm Nathan Rogers, joined again by Joe Ellenberger and Mike Kendall. Um, we're here to talk a little bit of fights this week. Um, let's talk about last week's fights, though. Or, yeah, two weeks ago's fights real quick. Um, man, Mike, you and I talked a little bit in depth about the Ngannou-Gagne fight. Um, Joe, I mean, how did you get a chance to watch that fight, and what did you think of it? You know, I did, and uh, the, the way those first two rounds went, I thought that was the way it was going to go. You know, if uh, Francis didn't land that big shot, he got taken in deep waters. He just don't know how he's going to respond. Um, and, and Gagne, you know, getting taken down like that was was kind of different. But funny enough, my you know my boy Usman, you know, it sounds like he's been kind of working with him and his grappling and wrestling. And a guy that's as athletic as Francis Ngannou is, uh, he's going to learn quick. And uh, yeah, he put it on display and took that decision. And Mike, were you surprised to see those takedowns in the last three rounds there? I was. It wasn't something that you you know you're used to seeing from from Ngannou, but uh, you know, good on him. He he changed his game plan up a lot and and was able to come out with the victory. I mean, everyone was was thinking that 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 Gan was gonna was gonna drag him in the deep waters and, and you know and, and either and then drown him there. But it was actually you know kind of went the other way around and Gan you know and Ganu was able to to do to 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 exact that same type of game plan on his opponent, which uh, was very impressive. It's good to see uh, Ngannou make some changes and actually evolve. Now, I mean, Figueredo comes out on top um, against Moreno in a very close decision. Um, you know, how did you guys see that fight going? Man, that one was, I actually was telling people that there's just, there's money in that draw because they had a draw once and a it's just so razor thin every time and you get plus 5,000, plus 7,000, you know, throw that $10 flyer to win 500 bucks. Um, I actually thought that was a draw that this weekend or this, this last fight based on, uh, you know, the, the, the problem was is you got to have somebody that really dominates around. And two of the rounds that I thought were going to be 10-8, um, you know, Fig got dropped right away. He comes back and drops Marino at the end of the round. So you can't give him a 10-8 round. So, you know, maybe, you know, it was close. So I actually thought Marino probably eked it out. Um, I wasn't surprised to see Fig eat that one out, though. That was, that was a close fight. Um, I, I'd like to watch those guys fight 100 rounds, and it'd be entertaining the whole time. <laughs> well, it's always kind of been a thing in, 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 in past fights where they say, you know, in order to beat the champ in a decision, you got to legitimately beat the champ. I don't feel that, that, that Figueredo was able to do that and, and get that kind of, and, and Moreno wasn't given that same kind of respect as, as the current, you know, the defending champion. Um, I think it was a great fight. Like you said, draw, it could have been, you know, could have gone either way, but I think Moreno squeaked it out enough to not lose his belt for sure. But uh, yeah, it's, I think it's just going to instill more hunger in, in Moreno. He's going to make another title run. I mean, hopefully they'll get that, they'll get that fourth match and, and uh, it'll, it'll decide. It'll be decisive. Well, before we get to the next fights, I want to talk a little bit about our whiskey that we're drinking here. We're all whiskey lovers. Figured we'd incorporate into the show, and we couldn't really jump into it too much and without starting off with uh, pretty much what started the whiskey takeover in the UFC. Proper 12, I think over the next few weeks, we're going to be bringing different whiskeys associated with different fighters and some sort of ties to the UFC. Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a guy who likes to drink whiskey, uh, good whiskey, you know, and uh, shout out to... Uh, Connor McGregor, Connor with his proper twelve. Um, it's a good sipper. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the rest of them too. Man, let's hop into this week's fights. We've got um, 
Our main event, I mean, really not a whole lot going on in this card. The main event should be fun. Sean Strickland has uh, kind of set social media on fire in the last few months with some of his his antics and things that he's done, including a apparently a, uh, a crib-style walkthrough of his house this week showing off his guns for shooting crackheads. It's, it's well known throughout the land that Sean Strickland is a, is a nut job, right? So he's actually fighting Uriah, Uriah Hall, and, and Uriah is up in, in his corner, and I think it was... Uh, uh, Uriah, uh, Uriah Hall's coach, uh, Say Saud, that was actually talking to him, but Bisbing, Bisbing was actually like, he, I, he's like, Strickland's actually coaching him right now. Like he thought like that you can't throw anything, put anything past this guy to think that maybe he was, that Bisbing thought that he was coaching Uriah Hall as he, as he was fighting him. I mean, it just, it just goes to the credit of this guy is, a, is, is off his rocker. So he's fighting against Jumpin' Jack Hermanson, who a year and a half ago, Dana White said was the the biggest prospect in the UFC. Obviously, he's gone two and two since then. Um, you know, he's really taken some some tough fights. Um, you know, as a fa- so Hermanson is a favorite of plus one eighty right now on my bookie. Um, you know, underdog. What do you? How do you look at this one? Oh yeah, you know, the underdog. yeah, yeah. So Jack the Joker's the dog. Um, I think that line is right on. I think Strickland, he's a bit of a sociopath. The guy is tough. He hits hard. Um, he comes in pretty good shape. Um, Jack the Joker is the kind of guy, though, I feel like when he gets counted out, he, he does rally and he is able to, to really put on a good fight. Um, his submissions are no, are no joke. Um, I actually, in this fight, I think I like, I think they're over under set at four and a half rounds. Um, I don't think that one goes a distance. Uh, Strickland is probably not a guy, especially when he comes out you know, hard and heavy. I don't think he's a guy that's going to want to last 25 minutes. I think he's going to try and knock Jack the Joker out. And I think if uh, the Joker can can hang around, you know, I think he probably pulls a submission off in that third, early fourth round. So I would take the under four and a half. Yeah, watching his fight, watching uh, Hermanson's fight with uh, Shabarjan, it was uh, very awkward to see this guy. His stand-up was very, his, his stand, his, his cover, he covers his vision almost. You know, almost to just err on the side of not getting struck in in the face, but I think it it, it puts blinders on. It's like a horse, you know, fighting. You know, you, you're very narrow narrow minded. But you know, do you really do you see Strickland? You know, do you see Hermanson being able to stand up with Strickland? Probably not. So you you think it's going to go to the ground? And uh, you know, I think that if, if Strickland's able to avoid that, being is that he's a lot more. You know, he's a Technically, uh, you know, able to able to avoid those 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 takedowns and stuff. And and, and Hermanson's takedowns aren't he's not that accurate. You know, if you look at his his um, his his stats, his his takedown and his grappling, his accuracy is thirty six percent. You know, where Strickland's defense is eighty two percent. So you're, you're looking at a guy that's that, that can nullify that grappling aspect of Hermanson, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think the Joker is is. A- a little bit, you know, wild. But the thing is, is sometimes I feel like the percentages on takedowns don't necessarily, you know, tell the tale. You know, if you get a guy that shoots 10 shots in a round and gets five and you're at 50%, that doesn't sound that good. Five takedowns in a round and wins, wins a round pretty easy, in my opinion. You know, guys like Clay Guida and the guys that wrestle hard, those are the kind of guys that I think about when I see that. And I think I think Jack's not really, a, you know, much different, obviously, at, at, Middleweight, you got guys that are big, athletic, strong, tough to bring down. Um, but I mean, I think that's going to be a pretty, uh, you know, a good fight that I think it doesn't probably get the 
the recognition it, it, it deserves because I think this is going to be a war. You know, I think Strickland's going to come out hitting, and I think you know Jackson trying to get that submission. So again, I like the other. So I mean, over under is pretty much even money now. Minus one fifteen on either side. You're going with the under I'll on take that. The under on that. And where are we at? Here? I'm going to have to take the under with him as well. I think I, I see Strickland wanting to finish this fight, finish it fast, so that he doesn't. You know, get tired, get taken to the ground, and taken advantage of by hermits. Who do you like on this card, Mike? Um, I got I love the fact that my dude Chitty Chitty Inju, uh, Bang Bang Inju Kawani is on here right now, uh, making his UFC debut. Let me show. Let me see the line on that one. It's almost even money. So even money. So yeah, one ten. <laughs> I like it. I like it just because I'm I'm gonna I'm support I'm gonna support my boy right here, you know. And then you know going the uh, the under and the over on that one. I look at the under because I think Chitty's just gonna come out swinging. He's finally made it. He got he's got his chance. He's been working for this run to the UFC for a long time since back in the, when he was fighting for us in the RFA, and, and and now he's finally there. I think he's you know under the under the. Uh, the coaching of one Nick, you know, it's it's his time, and I think he's going to come out. He's very explosive, a, a great, devastating striker. I think he's going to finish this one early. Man, the Ninja Kwame brothers, I mean, they're people that I've met them. I've actually gone down to Vegas and, and uh, trained with them and stuff like that. Um, man, those guys have some kicking power. They have some knees, and yeah. you don't want to get into the clinch with them. No, and and to piggyback on that, too, I mean, I'm excited to watch uh, Chitty make his uh, UFC debut. Um, this burial is not is not a joke, though. This guy is a Canadian cat coming down from uh, 205, I believe, down to 185. Um, that's a big, you know, that's a big dude. You know, he, he, he's also kind of a kind of a kickboxing stand-up guy, if I remember right. And so that's a great matchup for uh, the fans because that one's going to have some fireworks. Um, that under two and a half rounds, I think it's plus 135. Um, so you're getting, you know, about 30 cents on your dollar if you go under. I love that bet. Uh, I think they've got two guys that are going to come out. And someone's going to make a statement, and someone's going to probably go to sleep. Um, you know, I, I, I think, Ch you know, Chitty is probably the favorite, or you know, the guy that I would back in somebody getting knocked out. Um, his knees, his precise striking. I mean, it's almost a little bit, you know, Anderson Silva back in the day when it was just everything he hit through it landed, you know, and it's a devastator. Um, but I, that's going to be a great fight too. Absolutely. And you, you were talking about Burial being, a, you know, a big, uh, you know, uh, he's going to be a big 185er. I know for a fact that Chidi is also a big 185er. He's had some tough making, you know, some tough times, tough runs making weight. So you know that he's coming down from a pretty, pretty stout weight as well. So I look to that be, to be kind of like, you know, even in, the, in that aspect of the fight. The other one I would toss at you guys is a kid from Kansas City, Jason Witt. He's coming in to face Philip Rowe. Um, Jason is, I, I've actually had the pleasure of interviewing him a few times, super nice. He actually started as a skateboarder before he got into MMA. That's a big-ass skateboarder. <laughs> Damn. Um, you know, I, he's a super nice guy. He's the guy that made it in through the Contender Series. Um, he's an underdog on this one. He has not had the best record in the UFC since he got in there. Um, how do you guys see this one playing out? I mean, I, I remember Jason Witt back, you know, he was obviously, uh, you know, Krause trained down there. Um, he's got a great, great team behind him. And he came up and fought Dakota Cochran at a, a VFC. Um, I don't remember if it was a main event or what it was, but I remember when we got, you know, Dakota's not a small guy and they got in the cage at 70 and I was like, this Jason Witt kid is twice the size of Dakota Cochran. I was like, that's not gonna, this is gonna be bad if we, you know, 
have to wrestle with this kid for 15 minutes. Um, and luckily, Dakota, you know, they, they traded some big shots. I, Dakota ended up going to make a choke, um, getting the win. But but I remember after that fight, too, we were talking, and he was like, I'm glad I got that, you know, got that choke because that dude is huge. Um, I do like uh, Witt here in this matchup. Uh, you're getting a buck 30, you know, he's a little bit of an underdog. I also don't hate the over one and a half because I don't think he's gonna get finished. I mean, he, like I said, he's big, he's punishing, he moves well, you know, and, and, and he's coached up very well. You know, James Krause is one of the best in the business. Um, you know, he's got a, some of our guys that kind of come down there and train and, and I really enjoy watching his mastery, you know, in the fight game. Um, so, I, and I think Jason Witt will be ready. You know, you, you get a got kid a full camp, he's tough, he's in shape. And so I do like that over one and a half rounds, I think it's what, 150? So, you know, you're gonna pay a little bit more for it, but. I think that's easy money. Um, and then obviously I like the, you know, plus 130 on, on the money line. I like the money, I, I like the money. Dude. The value is, is good for Jason Witt on this on this bout in that under, I believe. You know, I think that the, those are two two good things. These are two big guys. They're gonna be throwing a lot of heavy leather. I, I do see this fight stopping pretty early. The one thing I really like about a lot of those James Krause guys, they're really good at cutting off the cage. Jason Witt's kind of a wrestler. Being able to cut off that cage and get people into your corner, making a smaller cage is definitely a good place for him to have an mm -hmm. advantage. I know that's one of those things that, especially fighting against people from there, you guys try to open up that cage and try to create a little more space with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to stuck on the wall against Jason Witt. I mean, you'll be stuck for you know, <laughs> till you till he lets you off. <laughs> you know, you're stuck there for two days if he if he wants to keep you there. And so, um, you know, I get Phil Rowe does have a, ta a tall task in front of him. Obviously, he's talented too. He's here for a reason. So again, I'm looking forward to, to that one to be a good fight. Well, hey, when we get done here, we'll shake out these picks and figure out what these guys actually picked because I don't even know at this point. <laughs> um, I do want, Mike, what do you got going on this weekend? Oh, well, not only is it my birthday on Thursday, but I, I do have uh, LFA 123 in Hammond, Indiana at the Horseshoe Casino. Um, it's gonna be a great night, dude, staying in the Chicago area, downtown. It's gonna be, it's gonna be dope. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Heck yeah. Um, this weekend with MMA Futures, we've got FAC 12. You can catch the undercard, the amateur undercard, right here on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're not subscribed, be sure to subscribe. Um, it is a Dana White looking for a fight, so it's on a Sunday afternoon. The amateur card kicks up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. If you want to know more about some of the matches on this, click on the link that will be up here somewhere. Um, I talked to Trey Ogden last week about this event, and uh, he kind of told us a lot of things to look out for. and. Uh, um, he told us to watch out for Isaac Delgarian and see if he can get that contract from the UFC. Yeah, I so said that main event is, is going to be good. <laughs> you got a guy, TJ Bad News Britain, who, he, who he's fighting. Um, that's a kid six foot two, I think, 135 pounds. So, uh, real hard kid to fight. Uh, he's long. Um, you know, he trains with uh, Ryan Mosberg, Mosberg Boxing. Shout out, you know, a guy that, that they're going to come, they're going to come to fight. That's going to be a great fight. Well, hey, thank you guys once again for tuning in. We're working on it, making it better. Be sure to, to go put your bets on on mybookie.ag. Use the link below or use MMAFUT as your code. Get double your money with if you make a crypto purchase or get 10% if you use cash to, to get into it. And happy birthday, Mike. Happy oh, thanks, birthday. Guys. Cheers.